Number six, read with seriousness. Read the word with seriousness. If you go over the scriptures with haste and little attention to detail, then you will get very little good from it. But if you are serious in your reading of the Bible, it will become the pleasant fragrance of your life. Remember the importance of the sacred truths bound up in this sacred volume, and then you will surely be serious as you read. If a letter were to be broken open and read in which a man's whole life and future were outlined, he would be very serious in reading it. In the scripture, our eternal salvation is described. It speaks of the love of Christ, a serious subject indeed. Christ has loved mankind more than the angels that fell. Hebrews 2.7 A magnet, indifferent to gold and pearl, draws the iron to it. Thus Christ passed by the angels who were of more noble origin and drew mankind to himself. Christ loved us more than his own life. Christ loved us though we had a hand in his death. Despite this, he did not leave us out of his will. This is a love that passes understanding. Who could read this book without seriousness? The scripture speaks of the mystery of faith, the eternal reward, and the scarcity of those who will be saved. Matthew twenty sixteen. There are but few names in the book of life. The scripture speaks of striving for heaven as in an agony. Luke twenty three twenty four. It cautions us of falling short of the promised rest. Hebrews 9, 1. It describes the horrors of the infernal torments, the worm and the fire. Mark 9, 44. Who can read this book and not be serious? Some people are so superficial and shallow that they run past the most weighty truths in haste, and they do not benefit from reading the word. Read with a solemn, composed spirit. Seriousness is the Christian's ballast, which keeps him from being overturned with vanity. Number eight, labor to remember. Labor to remember what you read. Satan would steal the word out of our minds so that we cannot make use of it. The memory should be like the chest in the ark, where the ark was put. Psalm 119.52 says, I remembered your judgments of old. Paul bids us to have the word dwell in us. Colossians 3.16 The word is a jewel. It adorns the hidden man. And shall we not remember it? If the word stays not in the memory, it cannot profit. Some can better remember a piece of news than a line of scripture. Their memories are like those ponds where the frogs live, but the fish die. Number eight, meditate. Meditate upon what you read. Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate on your precepts. The Hebrew word to meditate signifies to be intense in mind. In meditation, there must be a fixing of the thoughts upon the object. Luke 2.19 says, Mary pondered those things. Reading brings a truth into our head. Meditation brings it into our heart. Reading and meditation must appear together. Meditation without reading is erroneous. Reading without meditation is barren. The bee sucks the flower and then works it into the hive, and so turns it into honey. By reading, we suck the flower of the word. By meditation, we work it into the hive of our mind, and so it turns to profit. Meditation is the bellows of affection. 
The reason we come away so cold from reading the Word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. Number nine, come humbly. Come to the reading of Scripture with humble hearts. Acknowledge how unworthy you are that God should reveal Himself in His Word to you. God's secrets are with the humble. Pride is an enemy to profiting from reading Scripture. It has been said that the ground on which the peacock sits is barren. The heart where pride sits is barren indeed. An arrogant person disdains the counsels of the Word and hates the reproofs. Is this person likely to profit? James 4.6 says, God gives grace to the humble. The most eminent saints have been of low stature in their own eyes.